0: so sweet there we go the stash is going well by the way patrick oh
1: thank thank you thank you very much (laughs) it is my entire personality
0: i i feel that man yeah uh do you want me to start recording now
1: uh yeah that would be great
0: okay and then we can
1: just record and basically just talk bullshit and then we eventually get to a point and then we are like hey it's a podcast welcome and we're talking
0: oh okay awesome so yeah, all right. I can shoot the shit with you guys. What's up? Yeah, brother? let's shoot. Yeah, the shit. <laughs> yeah. Recording is this thing is this thing on? Uh, uh, Patrick, did Jeremy tell you what's happening with our roommate situation?
1: No, mm. I have not gotten.
0: Bro, it's hysterical! Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, like, right at the end of college, me and all my friends, you know, we were thrown to the four winds. Like, uh, yep. like Lindsay moved to L.A., Ashley went back to Texas, I went back to Pennsylvania jeremy went to colorado yep can't believe i almost forgot jeremy (laughs) anyway (laughs) then i went and grabbed jeremy from colorado we went to oregon yep now we're in portland we talked to this girl on like uh like uh roommates wanted okay and she was like i'm good to move in in february then like halfway through january she's like oh sorry i can't afford it i'm out that's so, sweet yeah that same week lindsay who's in la breaks up with a guy and it's like not the best breakup oh no oh. and then she's like i don't want to be in la there's no <laughs> reason to be here and i was like ha ha ha!" well a place just opened up in portland oregon
2: um, <laughs>
1: if
3: you're interested yeah
0: and now she's moving in at the end of it's march
1: <laughs> nice there you go it's one of those i need to move to portland breakups
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> okay so um uh beth tell me about you i don't know anything about you
3: about me tell us about you tristan welcome to feel by lord this is a podcast <laughs> <laughs> who are you <laughs>
0: um I, I literally i don't even know anymore guys <sighs> dude i feel that like man like college was all like this is the way things are gonna be and then uh COVID happened Hmm. It's a very different world now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you? So you went to SCAD, right? What did oh. you major in?
0: Uh, I majored in sequential art, which is the fancy way of saying like uh, like comic books and graphic novels and that sort of thing. So that's what I went to school for, and I did it for a while, um, but I actually have abandoned that pursuit. recently because, um, all right, this blew my mind whenever I figured it out, but I figured it out after I graduated. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, um, like, I have this thing called Aphantasia. Okay. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Um,
1: I have, uh, but I'm not sure our listeners have.
0: Okay, so the best way to describe Aphantasia is, okay, you guys – close your eyes Mm -hmm. Okay. and Patrick close your eyes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. So imagine an apple. Like, can you see it in your brain?
3: You
1: kind of, yeah.
3: I mean,
0: yeah, I can't do that. Interesting. Whenever you tell me to close my eyes and imagine an apple, it's just black. It's just like the inside of my eyelids, but like I know conceptually what an apple is. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you the apples are red and that they're shaped like this size, but like I can't see it. Hmm. And (laughs) I didn't know people could see things actually in their brain. Like whatever people talk about the mind's eye, I always thought that was like metaphoric, metaphorical. Hmm. I thought that was a metaphor. There we go uh so yeah whenever i figured that out i was like oh no wonder it takes me such a long time to draw and to produce this stuff it's
3: because, yeah, no like, kidding
0: yeah i didn't realize everyone else was operating like up here and i was just like fuck <laughs> i just gotta try oh can i curse on this
1: oh yeah it's it's encouraged okay <laughs> we i was don't like curse fuck.
0: <laughs> i was like oh i'm so flabbergasted gosh darn
3: <laughs> oh shoot gosh oh. diddly darn <laughs>
0: So I stopped, I stopped drawing, uh, kind of, hiatus.
1: Hiatus, yeah, indefinite, mm-hmm. just like, just like Fallout Boy. It'll come back, but <laughs> we just don't know when.
0: Yeah, m- you and me both, brother.
1: <laughs> so with that hiatus, what are you doing instead?
0: Well, right now, the thing that I always liked about uh, drawing comics and writing comics was um, the visual storytelling part. Mm-hmm. yeah like by far, it's like the ability to like put pictures together to create a story, like that's something that's really interesting and cool, and it's something that I mm-hmm. still want to be a part of, even if I'm not drawing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: because my real deep like my deep set passion has always been like writing, like the mm-hmm. storytelling part. Um, so in my hiatus, I've like yeah. ditched drawing for a time. And yeah. I've uh, just started writing a bunch, and I actually am writing a TV show right now. Hey, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, you
1: were telling me about that. Is okay. there like, is there anything that kind of drew you to a TV show as opposed to like maybe trying to write like a novel or even like a film script?
3: Yeah, what are you writing about?
1: Oh, okay, Sorry, yeah, that's two
3: different questions. But I yeah,
1: answer I will them all. answer <laughs> all of the questions all at once. We just <laughs>
3: have, to have to know
0: um so i will say uh the reason why it's tv is i just love that format Mm -hmm. like there's something about it that i've always liked even since i was a kid because you've got like the overarching story but you can still have a cool opening and a cool ending and like
2: Mm -hmm.
0: so it's like chapters in a larger story yeah um Mm. plus like i mean like tv was like my entire life growing up Mm -hmm. we lived out in the middle of nowhere and my dad was a what do you call a professor of uh, film and tv
1: Mm -hmm. that kind of helps you get into tv a little bit too
0: yeah yeah just a little bit so yeah that's why i switched oh that's why i i mean i've always wanted to write like a tv show Mm -hmm. or just something episodic Mm -hmm. Um, and you sequential artists you i know i know i can't help myself (laughs) Uh, And uh, the story I'm pretty excited about because, yeah, I'll give you like the whole thing. So one thing that is really interesting to me about, I'm going to start over. All right. (laughs) So whenever I write, I like to take like basic emotions Mm -hmm. and then like like, get that that essence and then apply it to genres that I like.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay
0: so the idea that i wanted that i think is scary because is like being in an unsafe like abusive household because mm-hmm. that fear goes deeper than like oh no there's an aliens falling out of the sky or whatever it's like a constant mm. fear that you can't do anything about yeah and i was like i want to write what it is to be like kid living with that mm-hmm. So i take like that emotion of like tension and fear and I was like, let's do some high-concept espionage, baby.
3: <laughs> All right.
0: So the pitch is um, the show is about uh, a 16, 17-year-old girl who is co-opted by the FBI to help take down the most notorious human sex trafficker in the Pacific Northwest, her own father. Ooh. Ooh. Dang. The plot twist. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I've been having a lot of fun. Hmm. I got four, three and a half episodes done. No, three and like seven eighths nice. episodes done. I just need two more. Okay, because uh, it's a six episode mini series.
1: Okay, is there like something that drives your decision to, you know, pick a number of episodes, or is it kind of just the story naturally falls into place? Kind of like how do you approach? You know story writing because for me like songwriting is kind of almost like off the whim kind of thing and i feel like a full-on story like you're talking about like a, a tv series for me that would be kind of a lot more akin to like me writing a rock opera
0: yeah yeah that's an interesting way to look at that
1: yeah because like Which you should totally do yeah but... oh that's on that's on my bucket list it's coming concept what's album the,
0: What's the name of it
1: oh i have no idea yet it'll come eventually but
3: everyone needs to write a rock I'll get there space opera
1: yeah I mean it's because I mean I think it's you know um for me at least like songs can kind of tell like smaller stories but I feel like that's one like I always love albums because it's you know putting all of these little stories together just like in a tv show like it's all your tv episodes put together into one big story and even if it's not a rock opera like it's telling the story of whatever that artist is kind of going through so like when we mm-hmm. did our full-length album like I didn't really give it enough credit because I've gone back and listened to the, that album before and it kind of like takes me like back and like oh I remember like I feel like I understand those songs and lyrics more now but it's just kind of you know it tells the story of like this window of my life which was you know it's kind of weird to look back and just be like oh I did like accidentally tell a story there Ooh. so uh first of all let's plug the band pat <laughs> let's give it, it is, a plug it is non-existent it is uh maddie's change um
0: maddie's change okay everyone's
1: sick of hearing about that band on this podcast yeah but <laughs> <never>. <laughs> that's
0: really interesting did you whenever you were writing these um like sound, like uh albums did mm-hmm. you like write certain songs that you knew, like, oh, okay, this is gonna be the middle, or like this is gonna be the last one. Or Um, did you just put it together afterwards?
1: We put it together afterwards because I think the other thing that was really interesting about that album too is that it wasn't just me writing stuff. It was definitely collaborative, but there were a lot of times where it's like, oh, I brought a song or like Connor brought a song that was mostly done and we kind of like fleshed out little parts of it. There's actually two songs That are about the exact same thing, like one event, (laughs) except for Connor wrote one and I wrote one. So,
0: oh, that's um, really cool.
1: I like that a lot. I Where did you put them on the album? Uh, So the one that he wrote is the opening song, "Torn," um, and then the one that I wrote about the exact same thing was sixth. So like almost like dead center. Ooh, what was which actually? Now that I think about it, that's kind of actually because that like that song is kind of where the we kind of kick into like a slower gear for a couple songs and then pick back up so it's actually kind of interesting that we went that way and that was kind of the song that diverged so
0: that's really interesting i like i totally get the the concept of like an album telling a story Mm -hmm. have you guys ever listened to siga that icelandic band yes. i have
1: listened to them a little bit i um yes. used to date a dancer and i cut a lot of cigaros for dance pieces for them when i was in high school um, oh, and sick, basically bro. cut it for whatever performance they had
0: okay yeah that's because nice. i i see what you mean about because like about structure because like oh mm-hmm. my god structure gets my rocks off guys <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> the uh, the one thing that i really liked about well not one thing something that i liked about uh going to scad
2: mm-hmm.
0: and like having to draw so much is that i got really into podcasts
2: mm-hmm.
0: hmm. so i always was like oh i need a podcast to listen to mm-hmm. and i needed one that had like a lot of episodes because i just wanted to put something on not think about it have a yeah. have a laugh
3: yeah, constant.
0: yeah. And, and the, the show that I picked was, uh, Harmontown.
1: Nice.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. You know, Harmontown, which is about, uh, it's just like a guy who goes on stage, who's kind of like drunk with his dumb Mm -hmm. friend and they have no plan. (laughs) And, uh, he's, he's Dan Harmon's the writer of like community and Rick and Morty and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's all about story circle. And he talks about that. And there's like 300 episodes of the show. And I listened to all of them because I had to draw for, you know, 600 hours at least. So, uh, yeah, osmosis. I got a lot of, I can actually, (laughs) from memory, draw a story circle any place I am. Oh, nice. Yeah.
1: You just pick a situation and be like, this is the story circle that's going on in reality.
0: Yeah. It's it's really, um, what's the word? Unhealthy. Because I'm like, I, when I was a uh, younger man, I'd be like, "This is the meeting the goddess point. All right, this, <laughs> uh, that means I have to make this bad decision." No, I'm just kidding. It was you just you just
1: throw life a little bit. You're just like, "Oh, I I'm I have to make a bad decision. I'm gonna make this bad decision."
0: Yeah. Oh <laughs> boy.
1: <laughs> so so Tristan, what is there like a point in your life, like maybe when you were younger that, or like a TV show or a story that made you realize like i want to write or draw and tell stories in some manner and that's what i want to do with my life is there like a point that you can look to and say like that's where it all changed
0: um yes i can think of (laughs) why yes pat why yes actually (laughs) um there's two things well three things actually the first is Uh, There's a book called Blankets, and it's by Craig Thompson. And it's a graphic novel, um, like a comic, about this guy who, like, loses his faith in God. But it's, Mm -hmm. like, told through, like, his relationship with his, like, high school sweetheart. Mm -hmm. And, like, their breakup. And uh, that book really, like, opened my mind to, like, the kind of stories you can tell. 'Cause mm. like before comics to me was like, oh man, like Spider Man and Superman, mm. you know, like mm-hmm. everybody thinks. But this yeah. was a comic about something deep and intense.
3: Some real shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, feel I like... started oh I'm, sorry. I'm no, sorry. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um so I started writing like comic scripts. Hmm. And I'm like not bad at them, if I <laughs> do say so <something> myself. Like <laughs> so like the logical step was um a uh, script writing for tv
1: that makes sense is it kind of like a a storyboard like would you say that comics uh writing is kind of similar to like kind of a storyboard writing or do you kind of approach the tv episode writing from like a script persci- uh, perspective first
0: <laughs> i definitely definitely go with script first mm-hmm. nice i go i go story circle first baby like i'll have okay what the
3: fuck is a story circle i'm yeah, sorry you wanna... i'm so glad you. i'm asked. sorry i'm not cultured
0: i <laughs> just <laughs> got it ready like... to go <laughs> um okay i'm so glad you asked beth
3: like maybe maybe i'm just having a stroke and i'm dumb but like
0: it's what? like it's kind of like the hero's journey but that is it's... the only one i'm familiar with okay yeah it's yeah. like that but it's an abridged version okay which is great because um everything on the... should i like explain i love it? that you have a picture yeah, go of for it. It. <laughs> no i drew this
3: hey Ooh, yes was <laughs> oh, very nice
0: okay so this is great podcasting
3: i like mm-hmm. it
0: <laughs> um that's what it looks like and now i will explain so it's like a circle that you um put uh you put one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. One at the top, five at the bottom. Gotcha. So one is, and then you go clockwise. Okay. One is the character starts in the zone of comfort. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two, um, there's something that they want. Um, but uh, there's a, right there, there's also the refusal of the call. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Three is entering an unfamiliar situation. So, uh, like, to put this... I always use, like, the, the princess and the prince and the princess to go save the princess from the uh, dragon. So mm-hmm. it's like the prince and his lady are all good. That's one. Two, the lady gets taken by the dragon and mm-hmm. he has to go save her. But he doesn't know if he'll be able to save her But he finally makes the decision to go on his journey. So he goes on the dark path and that's three.
2: Dark Mm -hmm. path.
0: The dark path. (laughs) Uh, then four is, um, they adapt to the situation and Mm -hmm. that's like a falling action.
3: Training montage. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: That's the trials right there. Oh boy. (laughs) There's usually three trials. Then you have five at the very bottom. Mm -hmm. Um, This is where the character gets what they want, but they pay a heavy price for it. And that's six. Mm -hmm. Five is also... um, I I use the term meeting the goddess because that's like um, Joseph Campbell speak for like the lowest point. Gotcha. Um, So that's like uh, the prince like defeats the dragon right Mm -hmm. and saves the princess but he like breaks the sword that gives him magical powers gotcha uh and then seven is return home having changed Mm -hmm. so the return home can be physical like oh look the the prince now has the princess
2: Mm -hmm.
0: or it could be mental so that's where stories get more complicated and more interesting okay Mm -hmm. so instead of wanting a physical thing if they want a mental thing so there you go also i'm a little bit high so take all this (laughs) look up uh story circle
1: stuff Mm -hmm. yeah i think i've (laughs) i've listened to and watched a few things dan Harmon puts out and i'm pretty sure every single time he's allowed to get in front of a mic he starts talking about story circles so yeah yeah
0: well
3: Obvious? that's not oh sorry <laughs> sorry so you you go beth oh i just wanted to indulge in structure as well because i'm not familiar with that particular version of the story circle but man it just gives you fucking something to work with you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah. and it feels so um right you know yeah. it's structure mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah i think that's like one thing that it's it's always interesting because i feel like when you approach like creating something like, I remember when I was younger and I was just like, music theory is dumb. But then once you <laughs> learn, like, music theory and you get, like, kind of an idea of it, you're just like, oh, no, this kind of, like, like you guys said, like, sets down, like, some kind of structure. Yeah. And then it's, you know, you can break the structure if you kind of know mm-hmm. all the rules and everything, which is, you know, if you read anything on, like, this is how poetry works, this is how, you know, literature works. And you're just like, these are the rules, except for when they're not
3: yeah kind yeah. of
1: thing and it's just like you initially you know kind of naively approach it at least i did it's just like well then why even have the rules in the first place and then you you know grow up a little bit and realize you're just an asshole and then you're just like <laughs> oh okay yeah no we uh these rules are kind of nice they're <laughs> so just like fall back on They're it's like a, a nice guide
0: that's so interesting I, I i went the complete opposite direction oh really yeah <laughs> For me, like um, structure is king, because every time I watch something, like back in the day, back in college, I would like watch something and then with my roommate break down the episode story circle and the season story circle out loud,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: mm-hmm. like the amount of times we actually actually like locked in, I was like, oh man, Mad Men is really well written. Or like, oh mm-hmm. man, West Wing is just fucking killing it. It's because I don't I think it's because mm-hmm. of the story circle or some form of structure.
3: Like a Fibonacci sequence, sort of yeah, like yeah. intentional mm-hmm. or not. Some like, like things just work.
0: Yeah. <sighs> yeah, actually. Yeah. I know you're saying that as a joke, but yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it.
3: No, <laughs> okay, <that's>, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's my serious voice. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's
0: all about the structure, it's what I use it's cool because like you can have an idea for like, oh man, this scene would be so fucking sick. And then mm-hmm. if you can put that on the story circle,
2: mm-hmm.
0: then you can use the story circle to mirror that. Cause like the great thing about it is that like, if you go across the story circle, you should get the opposite, right? So mm-hmm. two, is refusal of the call and like the call to action, and six is paying a heavy price right before you go home. So, mm-hmm. you, if I know I want a six scene, um, like that's actually how I wrote a treatment I did for um, uh, a comic I was pitching to Marvel with Captain America.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Because I was like, the darkest scene was like (laughs) just this idea that I had that I was like, fuck, wouldn't it be crazy if Captain America was in Vietnam at my lie? And then he like turned into a Viet Cong soldier because he like revolts against the United States because he's like, this isn't what we do. That was like an idea. And I was like, Mm -hmm. fuck, that's meeting the goddess. And then I built it all up around it.
1: I like, I like that idea of kind of like building around kind of a scene. And I think that it's always interesting. Is that kind of how you usually write stories is you have like a scene and then you build it from there?
0: Yeah, usually. Now I just sort of start structuring the whole thing as I talk.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, I,
0: but like, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. No, go it, for it. Uh, with Quiet Mountain. Oh, yeah. The name of my show is called Quiet Mountain.
1: Quiet hmm. Mountain. Not to be uh, confused with Twin Peaks.
0: Or Silent Hill. Silent Hill. <laughs> I didn't even think about this whenever I named it. It's working title. Uh, okay. But I actually um, I wrote the last episode first because everything in the show has to end with w- one scene that's about mm-hmm. 30 seconds long. Ooh. And I just had to nail that down. So everything else in the story is just trying to... F- get to that one scene Mm -hmm. and then that scene happens and then there's like five more minutes of the episode and then boom that's the end of the season
1: okay that kind of reminds me of i know i remember hearing about like with the whole game of thrones thing when they were getting to the seasons that they were that they were like past the book and i know that they were um i remember george R. r martin talking about certain like you know, that same kind of idea where it's like, oh, so one of the main points that you know, the story is always going towards is Daenerys meeting Jon Snow. Yeah, that's a really good
0: example. Yeah, Yeah. and
1: so that's like what he mentioned and he was just like, you know, that's kind of where they're pointing with with the show and that's where the books are pointing to. So, you know, and I think that arguably when it comes to that is you could kind of argue that a lot of the stuff around those major points are almost kind of just like Fluff and maybe some kind of interest, but um, it's kind of but then at the same time, you have this wonderful book called Look at the Birdie by what's his face, Kurt Vonnegut. Um, which is a collection, it's a good one. It's a collection of a a collection of his short fiction stories Mm -hmm. that weren't released before he died. So it's all it's really good, and it has like a couple. And one of the main things in like the foreword, it says one writing like short fiction, like they're every word needs to be there because like with short fiction and stuff and this kind of goes with mm-hmm. tv things so it's kind of contradicting what i just said where it's like oh all this stuff is just fluff it's like ultimately it's not because it is just building towards that scene yeah and i feel like you kind of you know as a writer i imagine it this way where you have this scene and you kind of start writing out like you know this arc or this idea and it's like it's not going to get to that scene that way so i have to start over where did i go wrong yeah that's
0: i had something.
1: welcome to the club (laughs)
0: thanks (laughs) Um, for me I I totally feel that way I try to I uh, I sort of made this thing up that I call trickle down script writing Hmm. Um, so all you have to do is all you have to do so you have your idea for your story right yep and you it tried to say that in like a paragraph or write that in a paragraph. Mm-hmm. And then you think of like the big scenes in the story. And you just go boom, boom, boom. Like this scene has to be here. This one has to be, you know, and, and it might only be like a handful of ideas, but that's enough. And then you write the scene, just like a sentence of like mm-hmm. what happens in that scene. And like I number them, and it just goes down. And then I look at what I need and then all you need to do after that is like, once you have the main scenes and you know how long you want your story to be, then you just keep adding scenes in between until Mm -hmm. you connect the dots. Uh So that whenever you're writing, once you have all the scenes in that line, then you can just scrap everything. Only think about that scene. And the only goal of that scene is to get to the next scene. Mm -hmm. that's all you're trying to do um and then you have the whole roadmap because you wrote it out you know the big idea you know the smaller ideas you can pad it you can add stuff and then you can like throw in those like uh like what are the callbacks and references to stuff
2: Mm -hmm. like
0: i wrote episode six and like there are a bunch of like things that they say because they just say them right Mm mm-hmm and then when I'm writing episode one, I'm like, I'll just yoink that line and just put it in there. So people are like,
3: oh, callback." Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's not actually for me.
3: <laughs>
1: it's backwards. I love that. That's pretty cool.
3: Yeah. It, it just makes sense. You know, like, I'm thinking about it. A lot because people um, don't like it. Well, it, it's like a lot of, it's, again, structure, right? Like, whether or not people can work with that or, like, you know, um, embrace it or reject it. You know, because I'm thinking about when um I wrote my novel for school, like I just went in there, you know, just like blindly writing like your girl should have like it just Damn. it gives it just makes it simpler to like expand something than to just just charge into the unknown, um at least in my opinion ideally and ideally experienced, but you girl mm. yeah. yeah
0: that that sounds that sounds like madness to me, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> just hours musing cafes but like oh man i w- it would be much would have been much more useful to like i don't know approach it i don't know long gone but story circle like
0: the, i even get down to like page counts because i know every episode's between 48 to 55 pages so mm-hmm. i i i know how long scenes are going to be interesting in like page count
3: hmm. very analytical i just imagine you going crazy on a whiteboard that's it uh, not a whiteboard, but there's a lot of sticky
0: notes over there. <laughs> nice. They're all like set up in the line. It's from the sixth episode because I want to make sure I remember everything. It's very hard. Are they hard.
3: color-coded? No. Oh, no. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: that's only because I don't have any different colored ones because I use them all. Valid. But yeah, sorry. I've been rambling.
1: No, that's that's the point of the podcast is... Uh get you to talk about something you're hyped about and uh get you to go on a rant
0: i'm hyped Um, about stories man yes
1: i love that um so i think one question or one kind of thread that i kind of want to pull on um so it can undo your sweater as we walk away (laughs) nice okay there i got a chuckle perfect you do listen to weezer (laughs) good (laughs) um but we've kind of uh in the past couple episodes one of the i think the new theme that's been kind of recurring is we were doing a lot about like the idea of community and stuff but i think that the thing that's been popping up a lot is like the idea of identity and kind Mm. of using your craft or art to like help define yourself and like kind of identify yourself because like i think Mm. that was also interesting that I did not mention that. Beth mentioned that. And that was one of the first things that you said early on in the episode was like, hey, like I was in college and then all of a sudden got tossed to the wind and COVID happened. And now you're just like, I don't even know what's going on. So do you think that, you know, being able to write these stories or even like just this story in particular is helping you kind of like identify who you are?
0: That's a good question. Hmm. I think... It has, because whenever I was in school, this is what I thought while you were talking. Mm -hmm. Uh, While I was in school, when people would ask me what I was, it's like, you know, I'm I'm a comic artist, you know.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I'm going to draw comics. Um, But whenever I stopped doing that and I started writing, like I don't tell people i'm a writer i tell people i'm working on this specific project you know Mm -hmm. i'm writing this thing so i don't really think of myself as a writer i just think of myself as like i don't know it's just it's not like my identity but that's why it's my identity Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense at all
3: no that's honestly that's really interesting because the moment you tell someone that like oh i'm a this the next question is like well what do you do like what do you do doing you know Mm -hmm. yeah and like to like bring yourself forward with the project that you're working on hmm yeah
0: that's what i but that's what i didn't do with comics and i was like shit Mm -hmm. um, maybe i shouldn't i was trying so hard to be one that i didn't realize I was something else
1: Mm -hmm. all those Mm -hmm.
0: moments lost like tears and rain
1: (laughs) oh man there you go
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) there you go so i forgot what we
1: were saying um, just kind of questioning our identity and if we're real, and if we can prove that we're real. Oh, can I we?
3: Yeah, I can't prove that we're real. Oh man, the Zoom's yeah. been glitching so much. We might as well just. be yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just we we were get, getting you going on things you are hype. I'm curious about indulging in something you were a little less hype about. Um, when you like um realized you had this thing and you just were like you um decided to move on from drawing
0: like was that easy why did you uh that it was not easy yeah it was, like i can't it was not easy but at the same time it like it gave me the okay before i just thought it was hard to draw because mm-hmm. it was hard for everybody but then whenever i learned that like oh shit, if I need to work at the same level as these people are, like in terms of like out, like production and output,
2: mm-hmm. I,
0: I just can't do it. Mm. Um, but I think people work with what I call like, like units of creativity, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So like I have a friend who draws comics and she has like hyper Fantasia. She can like just see things as if they're right there. Mm -hmm. um and for her like drawing a figure and then being like oh this doesn't work and then erasing it and then trying again that's cheap for her like her Mm -hmm. unit of creativity doesn't cost much but for me that unit of creativity like that trying to draw a figure and then redraw that sets me back so far and it's just really frustrating Mm
2: -hmm. but
0: when i Mm -hmm. write i'll write whole scenes and then at the end of the day like scrap them and i'll just be like that doesn't belong there and it's the happiest feeling for me Mm -hmm. because like words are cheap for me so that's what that's when i Mm -hmm. realized i should probably i think that's what the i think that's what artists should try to look for is where Mm -hmm. like where their passion is and where it's like cheapest to make it
1: it's basically just like finding your creative efficiency almost
0: yeah yeah Mm. But it was rough yeah it was okay. rough learning it oh um, yeah
1: yeah i'd imagine i mean that's just you know kind of almost just like pulling the rug for out from under you especially after getting a degree
3: yeah, yeah. like are you trying to do this thing like you can't like well you can but like it's hard like it's fucking
0: mm-hmm. it's pretty because i
3: yeah because <laughs> i um like approaching like I can't imagine like, cause sometimes you go in there like, um, well, wow. Now I'm sorry. It's like, (laughs) I'm trying, I'm trying to like, yeah. Right. I'm like, well, obviously like, you know, when you picture something and you go in for it and it's like, it doesn't like people are like working with like such like things that you would never think about. And it's like,
0: yeah, I didn't yeah. like like whenever my friends talk about like we're walking around and they'll be like, "Yeah, I sort of got a map in my head." Oh, I'm no. like, "Oh, you okay?" I'm very bad at directions unless I know which cardinal direction I'm facing. Did you know Jeremy's tone deaf, Patrick?
1: I I didn't, but there were clues.
0: <laughs> like he literally sings a half step off all way that's like my brain it's like if, if if jeremy wanted to be a concert singer he can fix it but that's gonna take a lot of more effort
2: mm-hmm.
0: um so yeah i was like fuck it i just think in uh internal monologue all the time anyway
2: mm-hmm.
0: i'll just write that shit down yeah. there you
3: go <laughs> <laughs> i love the internal monologue <laughs> it's
0: just me all the time yes mm-hmm. i feel
3: that what's your star sign
0: uh my like my uh like i just leo? have to know i'm a leo nice yeah what are you an air sign
3: <laughs> a couple of airheads over here nice oh, really? <laughs> yeah. i was totally
1: guessing oh i have no idea of the air element thing at all
3: don't worry Some. A... is it is
1: uh, it's from
0: avatar the last airbender
1: oh that oh oh and
0: Oh, well, I was talking about <laughs>
3: legit air signs. Bro. No, I know. <laughs> oh. That's hilarious. Anyway, we're both Geminis, if anyone was curious. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I get along well, with Geminis. Hey. Here we go. Here we are. There's four of us. Be careful. Four? Geminis.
1: Oh, that's, yeah. I had to think about that one. Sorry. Oh, nobody right, came here for
3: just my just astrology jokes. Thing, yeah. Okay. Anyway, moving <laughs> on. Yeah, you're with two,
0: I guess. And you're like, <laughs> oh, there's four of them. You get it? <laughs> i'm sorry oh uh. <laughs> no it's our fault we should know more no i um, getting
3: there right tell us about your art tristan
0: <laughs> um jeez i oh i thought of this earlier but it didn't really fit into conversation but uh i fucking love editing i love oh, yes it out.
2: yes like,
0: <laughs> like lop it off lop it off mm. my my artistic influences for writers is um Michael Ondacha, who wrote The English Patient, best book ever, um, Ernest Hemingway, because like, mm-hmm. of course, mm-hmm. and uh, See Spot Run. Mm. It's all about keeping it simple. Action verbs, See Spot Run. Like, think about it. It reminds me of this book that I read when I was a kid called Orcs and Crakey, which is by um, Margaret Atwood, who wrote *Handmaid's mm-hmm. Tale. And... The most intense line of the entire book is three words long. And it's Jimmy shot him. That's the line. And I was like, fuck. Damn it, Jimmy. <laughs>
1: Damn.
0: Yeah. And I was like, this is C spot run, but just like with different verbs and pronouns, never over underestimate. Mm-hmm. So with scripts, it's great. Cause I can just be like, boom, boom.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. I like that. And that kind of like runs true with like all of his, uh, I was about to say artists, but like authors too. like Ernest Hemingway has like a, I guess, what was it, reputation to kind of, you know, short, very to the point. Yeah. Clean cut. I'll do that for the mic. Nice.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I totally try to do that. Like every word that's unnecessary has got to go. Beth, you said you wrote a book a novel
3: (laughs) i wrote a whole bunch of words and printed it out and made somebody read it yeah what
0: was it about
3: i um it was not everything it was it was um a romance and like alien virus mutant monster um like
1: she she wrote 2020
3: oh it was (laughs) it was actually like a pandemic (laughs) virus uh, quarantine outbreak um oh. inspired by um my friend at the time um we had a little story together and i just was like i'm gonna write about that and i did quite a lot
0: how how many pages we talking about oh,
3: God. i don't remember the page number but it was um i think when i when i finished it, it was forty eight thousand 000 words
0: is yeah. that a lot i don't know what's, a,
3: what's It's a- it's not like a ton like a ton it's like if um it's I guess it's not that impressive because I remember seeing everyone else's stack. I did not print it efficiently. That was a horror. Anyway, um, <laughs> it was a big old stack of fucking single, single spaced. Um, no single sided, it was a disaster. I couldn't <laughs> um, I felt so bad turning that shit. Anyway, it, it just took a while
0: it's it? you can, could re- can I read it yeah. oh no
3: i here's the thing so i wrote it in college right um and i discovered it recently i had thought i lost it oh my god um <gasps> like i thought i had destroyed my laptop it was gone the final version whatever and then i found it recently read it horrible oh. <laughs> Terrible. some of some parts are like pretty good and like um tender and imaginative and dramatic but like um overall not good
1: would Don't. you consider rewriting it with structure in Ooh. a story circle i was no no
3: i think some things um you're just like you you existed i think you know that's sometimes fair. you got to move on that's fair and appreciate yeah. things when they like
0: just like blade Runner.
3: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> don't always need a read remake but yeah. um
1: we're talking as i'm like oh like literally on this on my computer i have like basically a re-record of an old song I like I, Ooh, I said that I was it.
3: literally thinking about my projects about like pursuing all of my old art again as well but
1: I yeah. I only have the guitar track laid down so let's far, hear so you know, it
0: man it'll be good for the pod
1: I can I'll just toss it in there and it's just
0: this will be in and our, and little co- our little little
3: Kofi, whatever
1: but it is um
0: well, I don't get to hear it if it's on there
3: come on throw it in
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know if I can broadcast it to you but I can send it to you afterwards Okay, yeah, all right. And I can tell you it is Untitled, um, which we released as Maddie's Changed. It's on our first EP. The one nice. I don't go back and listen to, but I well, do no, we're, perform we're it regularly. Go back. So,
0: oh, you, I didn't know you did concerts and stuff. I thought it was, you were selling online, brother.
1: I do, yeah, but we don't make money like that.
0: Man, how many concerts do you do, like, a week?
1: Um, on average, none. Uh, LAUGHTER <laughs> i would like i want to change that a lot but it's you know it's difficult with the rona about uh it's that's true man. you know so concerts are kind of a touchy thing because i you know really am at the point where i want to just play as many concerts as possible but a is that responsible of me to do and b is it safe so it's just kind of like there's you know (laughs) how do I approach that kind of thing because I would love to just play as many shows as possible mm-hmm. in like the weirdest venues possible like that's one of my goals is just to like play in oh you played at this venue that was just a pbr box on the side of a street cool or like in a cave <laughs> yeah like I want I I want to kind of like collect like the yeah. weird venues out there I just want to play random shows and that like sounds- I talk about how I love shaky graves all the time but I also love that he just plays fucking wherever like he went and sold out red uh shaky graves he's a pretty cool um kind of one man band kind of thing and he also has his own band as well but he sick so he sold out red rocks this past year what's red rocks oh it's like it's probably the world's (laughs) i would say it's probably one of the world's most famous uh concert venues at it's least in beautiful. the united states it's the most famous mm. one for sure never heard of it it's so a it's- uh it's a it's a natural um occurring amphitheater that they kind of like carve seats into in the rock up oh, here in cool. morrison colorado yeah it's awesome like to when you make it as an as like a musician is like oh we sold out red rocks
2: mm-hmm.
1: so <sighs> you never heard of it. it's It's beautiful. You got to look it up. It's you got to go to at least one show at Red Rocks.
0: Where is it? Is it like in Arizona?
1: No, it's in Colorado. It's in Morrison.
0: Bro, you could go like tomorrow.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I have. But so he sold out Red Rocks. And so the tickets were pretty expensive for that. And I didn't get on fast enough. But then he played like a show up at the Dillon Amphitheater, which is this beautiful amphitheater on a lake that I had no idea existed. It's just like tucked away in the mountains. And I paid like twenty bucks for that. And Only was like,
0: twenty bucks? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And I got like the this beautiful. Right? Shit. Sure. And I was like, "What?" And then like two days later, our coworker and friend Tim comes to work, Tim. and she's like, "Oh yeah, I saw Shaky Graves at like this random festival up around Netherland." And I was like, "Huh? I didn't even know he was doing that." And I just like I really appreciate that, and it's kind of on the same vein as you know the Foo Fighters every now and then they just decide to play like a tiny show and then they don't tell anyone and they market themselves. Or like They're like, oh, put us on the bill as the holy shits.
0: And yeah. then you show
1: up to like this 200 person like venue and it's fucking Dave Grohl screaming That's at you.
0: Awesome. That's so awesome. <laughs> so dude. it's
1: just, I love, I like, I just love playing like whatever available because I think that especially with like music and kind of thing you watch, people quote unquote sell out, which is kind of the goal to get to that point. Mm. But then also you get to that point where people, they're like turn down shows and show opportunities and stuff where I feel like, say, if I were to sell out, I would never want to be that kind of person. Like it would have to be very impractical for me to be able to perform at a venue for me to say no. Mm. Like I would love to be like that random fucking dude. Who's just like, Oh yeah. I'm just playing at like Pete's bar down downtown <laughs> just because and i'm just not going to tell anyone about it like
0: damn you should do that what's stopping you hmm?
1: um being successful <laughs> in the first part uh, um <laughs> working on that kind of never stop working on that i guess that's the <laughs> the artist way
0: oh yeah oh. i feel it's, that yep you gotta come to portland do a show here bro
1: i want to it's on the bucket yeah. list for sure I I just... do.
0: <laughs> and the, the comedy in portland is so cool man it, have you been to portland either I,
1: i've never known
3: no Sounds sounds like a wild ride though
0: it is you're missing out <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: is it is it as interesting and like cool as everybody says i have to know
0: i think so do you yeah like everything's just so close all the food is good mm-hmm. um like you can just go to like a concert or you can like go to a comedy show just for the fuck of it you know it's great mm.
2: you,
0: you got like the other day me and jeremy were just like oh i wonder if there's any comedy shows around we googled and that night there was Tig notaro it was like half a mile from our place so we just like bought tickets and walked over day of and got mm. Tig notaro hell yeah you can't do that in colorado you probably (laughs) probably
1: pull something off like that in denver yeah but yeah
0: (laughs) yeah you guys should come up to portland like literally it's so good and the Hmm. vibes are so good vibes on point yeah
1: that's from four looking Hmm. for the vibes
0: truly everyone wears a mask that's new (laughs) i know right but it's surprising yeah it's crazy where are you guys in Colorado? are we allowed to say on the pod
1: yeah oh yeah uh, I'm in Louisville. So, What is that? The place that was all over the news for New Year's Eve. Um, but... For what? Because the most devastating wildfire in Colorado history.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: right. Yeah. Uh... But
1: it's basically just outside of Boulder. Oh, okay. Is Boulder yeah. cool? I don't know anything about Boulder. Boulder's pretty cool. Yeah. little college town. It's kind of... Yeah. I would say that when people describe Portland, they kind of describe feels like it would be portland would be kind of like if boulder was a bigger city and not so strictly a college town
3: Hmm.
0: okay all right yeah 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 yeah. that sounds pretty good
1: yeah because like i think that like the like boulder's cool and everything but like Mm -hmm. the college town aspect definitely takes away from it for sure and then also (laughs) i think that boulder has this it's kind of just small enough that everyone it's like an idealized town as opposed to like actually living up to the idea of mm. boulder you know e- okay we're basically there like the people call it the boulder bubble for a reason just because you know it's boulder
0: very bubble.
1: different thinking and everyone kind of has there's like a slight air of pretension from like a lot of like the mm. adult population that lives there and isn't from the isn't there for the college so Ooh, sounds fun.
3: Hey Tristan. Yeah. Got a question for you.
0: Yeah, hit me.
3: Where can I find you on social media?
1: Yeah, plug your shit.
0: Um, you can't really find me on Instagram anywhere. I'm at, I'm on Instagram at Tristan Fuller forty two. Mm. Um yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm sorta of mm-hmm. going through a rebrand. So Okay.
1: Yeah, I yeah. feel like yeah. it's I feel like that's kind of a a common theme this time of year, or at least recently. Oh <laughs> yeah. Like so no... Best Have you had of yeah. that? I'm. Yeah, I've
3: been kind of. Yeah, we've been. Yeah, it's been. Yeah. Uh,
1: what What are you
0: rebranding to? Who
3: knows? You know.
0: Are you going to change the name of the pod?
3: Oh uh, well, I don't. Think, I don't think yeah. so. No,
0: no. Okay. I make the,
3: I joke about it too much. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't care if anybody else gets it. <laughs> <laughs> no, just like because, you know, um. You got me thinking about the novel and i was living in the past there for a second we keep thinking about living in the in the past and like maybe like letting the old us die and just do something different maybe fuck it up maybe mm-hmm. maybe like wreck our shit, but just yeah. something a little different yeah. we, i feel like we all got stirred up and then mm-hmm. we went back to work and now we're like hmm. yeah
0: i feel like covid in a weird way like obviously covid's awful mm-hmm But in a weird way, it's given people in, like, our age bracket the true freedom to, like, break from the world that was from before, you know, with, like, Mm -hmm. all the boomers and stuff. Because before it was like, oh, okay, grandpa. But now it's like, oh, you're actually wrong about a lot of stuff, you know. So, it has that freedom to, like, boom. Okay, well, maybe the world is different. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can try new things, you know. Yeah. I think that in the long run, this generation – will come out the other end stronger yeah uh hopefully
1: Mm.
2: that
0: sooner rather than later yeah but yeah Mm. those are my thoughts and feelings about Mm. that yeah
1: i think it's you know COVID was definitely a pretty solid opportunity for the world and like humanity and society to rebrand in a lot of aspects a lot of people you know thankfully made the choice to take that opportunity, but the people who really, really, really needed to rebrand consciously said, like, looked at everything, and was like, this isn't working, and I am the problem, but I refuse to fix it. Um, yeah. Looking at you, uh, oil companies, We can this can be a rabbit hole, I don't give a shit.
0: <laughs> well, hey, hey, don't talk poorly about our old Secretary of State. <laughs> What was Rex Tillerson right no, I don't remember. Something he wasn't qualified for, clearly. Yep. But
2: anyway.
1: <laughs> so I think we are running up on time here, and we have a ceremonial end Ooh. to our podcast. Um, so we have one last big old question for you. Oh, boy. I'm actually pretty excited to see, since I know you have relocated in our rebranding. So <laughs> you yeah. want to do the honors?
3: Tristan. What feels like home to you?
0: Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You know what? I'll tell you when I feel it. Like, damn, Shardy.
2: <laughs>
0: what does home feel like? Hmm, but what does home mean? Because, hmm. like, I remember what home was like when I was a kid, mm-hmm. hmm. which is not necessarily what people would consider home. Mm. uh i don't know Oof, maybe
1: i don't have one hmm i think that's valid you don't need Shit. to you know have one all the time like you don't have to you know be like my house or my bed or my art or my work you could just it's you know if you don't have that connection that feeling that's valid that's fine
0: damn makes me think though maybe i should find one
3: hmm ain't that the journey
1: yeah. What do you know, it mean
3: to you guys?
1: Ooh, <laughs> Ooh. Not a few times. I think I've said my most recent answer was the mountains because pretty much every time I go up and live out of my car in the mountains for a little bit, I end up like actually writing a lot more music. Oh, cool. So I think it's just, you know, part of being kind of free. And I think kind of tuning in with like what you were saying too, was just getting away from, essentially, like, the corporate world and just, like, oh, I have to go mm-hmm. to work, oh, I have to do this, I have to do that and then kind of thing, and it's just kind of getting out to remember that the world is a beautiful place mm-hmm. and it That's is a worth good it. That's answer. So, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Beth? You <laughs> can't it throw cha- it
3: on me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess it changes all the time, you know, but, yeah. um, you know, I was thinking about, like, I was kind of in between, but it's still... guess it's not still um lately in the morning in the dark getting ready for work sitting on my chair having my morning coffee Mm. except i have um Mm.
2: she's just
3: she's just all snuggling good morning and sometimes the moon is very bright and i just sort of bask in the moonlight and i'm like
0: the moonlight when do you mm -hmm. wake up like (laughs)
2: it
3: 3 a.m. baby, <laughs> 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 yeah. See, that's a you know, like I like I like I'm a daytime person. Like it gets it gets dark. I go to bed, but like sometimes got to revel in the dark.
0: So home to you is being alone at 3 a.m.
3: Basking. Well, in the well
2: no,
0: are
3: it's are you a l- vampire? Interesting. Okay, no, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> 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 um, no, uh, but not that it's like it's it's like a place that you're like like to me peaceful comfortable like i can relax here for a second Mm -hmm. and then the anticipation of like life and everything hits you of course but like just for a second
1: yeah i i wanted to say safe but then i think that you know (laughs) some of the times that i i don't know i wouldn't even say if that would be with like home like for me when i'm talking about like the mountains like couldn't even say comfort because it's you know for me the thing that I love is getting to the point where I can actually like push I've found places where I can push my boundaries a little bit and mm. make myself a little bit uncomfortable and borderline unsafe at times. But that's kind of, you know, the excitement what? of getting to uh you know, just climbing mountains <laughs> and stuff and being like <laughs> you know, trying to get to that summit before the thunderstorm rolls in is a little bit dodgy, but Brandy. I sent it. Up, so You sent it. I'm still here. Actually, that was a fun one because I was going up, and I was like, "This is a <laughs> questionable decision." And then I saw this like alpine runner come up behind me. I was like, "Oh, if she's still going, like, I'm all good." And then we got to the top at like the same time. And then I told her that I was like, "Yeah, I saw you were coming up," and so I was like, "Oh, I'll be fine." And she's like, "I saw you going," and it's like, "Oh, if he's still going, he knows what he's doing." <laughs> and that's the story of how I heard thunder at fourteen thousand feet, and 14, we th- yeah, and what we was ran up down Colorado. Ah, and we ran down Wilson Peak which is um, funny enough the uh, mountain on the logo for Coors Light and now Coors Light tastes good to me because I conquered it (laughs) (laughs) you conquered Coors Light (laughs) spent the last tear trying to (laughs)
0: chatting <laughs> yeah teaching bro. us
1: about story circles yes and...
0: oh i'm gonna need you guys Honor to cut out stories. some of my huge fucking pauses and me forgetting stuff can you just snip that shit out oh Thank i you.
1: gotcha I gotcha no worries i appreciate
3: it
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay
1: yeah, cool
3: patty works the editing he, he i gotcha yeah make me sound smart but i still
0: can't see through fine <laughs> I
3: like being on the pot. I
0: like the pot, guys. I'm a a, a fan of the pot.
3: Thank
1: you. you. Aw.
3: Just three bros and some mics. Just
1: three three bros and some mics? (laughs) Hey.